We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. God knows we need something here in Chicago to lift that team. We are delighted to welcome in Kendall Gill. Does a great job with NBC Sports Chicago. Kendall, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, man. The first player Patrick Beverly mentioned was Zach. You know me, I'm going to be on Zach with being ass. I'm going to give him all the energy he needs. Is that a fair thing for him to be the symbol of this up and down inconsistency that the Bulls have become this year? No, not at all. You know, I feel that he's been playing well considering all the things that he's been through. And then then also you had the pressures of the max contract and everything. So, you know, he's still averaging 23 a game. What they need is a quarterback to keep them on the rails. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. The East kind of weak. On 6.70, the score. And I saw him say that the East is weak. He going to learn real quick that that ain't true. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70, the score. I don't care if the East isn't weak. I don't care. I just want to see the guy play and see the Bulls play better, David. That's it. Simple as that. Morning, Molly. Yes, happy Thursday. Everybody wants to see that in Chicago. Boy, Patrick Beverly arrives emphatically, announces his arrival with an exclamation point at the Advocate Center yesterday. That was fun. A lot of talking yesterday in Chicago sports. But Patrick Beverly was, I think, the most uh, energetic of everyone who spoke. Let's say that. And let me say, the easiest to interpret. He was the guy who you knew exactly <laughs> what he was saying and what what his purpose is in coming here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you could understand exactly what he was saying. I, I don't know that I I feel that way about everything I heard yesterday, but nonetheless, I am uh, I'm pumped up. I'm I'm pumped up for the mammoth game as well. Dustin uh, revealed that the uh, the uh, Northwestern at Illinois game is mammoth. It is mammoth. Way to go, buddy. I like it. That's a good – is that a new designation along with must-win and uh, statement game? I Listen, it's college basketball time, and I'm I'm really excited. Despite the 8 o'clock uh, tip-off time. Yeah, you know, that's the bad part. Seven, 7 would have been fine. 6.30 would have been preferred. But uh, despite the 8 o'clock tip-off time, I am I am juice for this one. I like that. I like that you're juiced because, you know what, this is the last full week of February. March is right around the corner, and the madness will commence. I think this is good that we have identified this as a mammoth game. Good preview, right? I, I got to tell you something, though. I am, like, a little disturbed that we're at the end of February. That hasn't that – and I know February is an abbreviated month anyway. Isn't this flying by? Flying. Isn't this – didn't February just, like – it's it's kind of a rumor? It didn't actually uh, you know, happen? Okay, on one hand, yes. On the other, you have – you have had a good perspective this month. You have stopped to smell the roses. You have Thank taken you. the trip to Thank Montreal. You. you have definitely, even though it's going by quickly, you've appreciated every day. I, it's just, here's the thing, and I say this with complete sincerity. I do have a new television now, 
And I need a weekend to spend with it to figure out how to turn it on and off. As simple as that. <laughs> I, I, I was toying with it a little bit yesterday, and it's just Do me come, a favor. I got to read the whole do, pamphlet or Watch the, the Mammoth game on another device. Yeah. Some other way. Yeah. I do not want your experience ruined by having to what clicker. What, 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 how how yeah. am I watching Netflix? Screaming at the kids. <laughs> how do I get back to the home? What is Hulu? Hit the home button on your oh. What is this in front of me? I just want to see Northwestern. I know. Yeah, it is. When you have, like, Netflix and Prime, when that's on your remote, super weird. My remote talked to me the other day. I hit something yeah. yesterday. So I told you, I kind of, I, and I'm curious, do you have um, the same relationship with, like, Alexa that you have with your remote? Yeah, we're on much better terms, the remote oh, and, and me, okay. than Good. Alexa, who kind of, ticks me off sometimes because doesn't quite understand. I want a volume at a certain level. Yeah. And sometimes I will, my wife will come home and I'll be listening to a little country music, you know, and I'll say, Alexa, turn down. Alexa, turn down. And then she'll stop or we'll, whatever the case. But yeah. my remote's much easier to manage. Um, you know, here's my problem with Alexa. I talk to her a lot because I think it's kind of funny and it's like you have a computer, so you may as well ask it a question yeah. and, it, it they, there are funny responses when you ask to be told a joke or a story or whatever, um, but then it's now gotten to a point where she's talking to me. Uh, do you want me to notify you if you run out of this? Pro no, I will. You know our relationship exists one way. That's a little intrusive. If I want something, I'll ask for yeah, it. Don't ever ask me if I want something from you. No. I don't know. I don't know the nature of your relationship with Alexa or what you have shared, but that sounds a little. Uh, across the line. It, I feel signed. I feel like, you know, and I, I've never felt like my privacy was at risk. And I know there's like murder trials where the where Alexa was on and they convicted the guy. And I, I don't actually know that. I just, I think that'd be a good You worry story. about that, don't you? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I've heard worry. worry of such matters. I, I understand that because we'll but, hear yeah. a, a little bit of doo-doop and you think, yeah. oh, the, what, somebody's what delivering happened? something. What are you doing? Somebody's you know, adore. Is are it, you listening to me? Yes, everybody's listening. I'm here. At least, yeah, that's it's, good. We it's have a little creepy, a captive audience. But don't ask me if I want something sent to me. So I enjoy the fact that you know I am, don't have the issue with the new television. I have a good yep. system down pat, so we can simultaneously, for instance, last night watch something that is on TV, and I can sit there and kind of I'm still watching the Blackhawks on my phone, volume down watching the game, first period, and watching another program with my wife. And so that's how I kind of internalize sports sometimes and have a very good rapport with the remote so they can keep me on track there. And then, you know, watching whatever and watching on the phone. Went to bed last night two to nothing, and thank you very much for allowing me – no – it's your fault that I missed the comeback for the Blackhawks. It's my fault. Because you told me the night before that I, you know, you just got to. Yeah. Uh, you it, stayed up too late. You're you, out of, I'm out of whack. You did stay up too yeah, late. I did. I did. So I went to bed at 2 nothing. wake up, see that they come back again. It's on me. Hawks are red hot and I missed it, but that's okay. Four in a row. Caner. Uh, listen, that game Ooh. started at what time? 8 o'clock? 8.30? You cannot. Yeah, I know. I, I've told you this before, and I can give you an example this morning. Ours is a very frail ecosystem, so you have to be careful to balance everything. You've got to be able to get up and leave, get up and leave. I got up, and I'm walking out the door, and there's a couple of bags of recycling there, 
And I'm like, oh, I can throw that out on my way to the car. I got my backpack. I got my key in my hand. I, I, I'm holding my uh, mug. And I get to the I get to the alley, and I'm throwing the, you know, I can't get the thing open. And I'm so I'm throwing out the recycling, and my key to the house in the garage goes with it. Oh, no. The, yes. So now I got the garbage can turned over, and I'm going through recycling to get my key back. It, it was just like. What am I doing trying to add something to my morning routine? Can't do I it. am a frail ecosystem. Well, Just throwing out something is the flutter of a bird's wing that creates this horrible butterfly effect. Oh, I, I get I it. I mean, as term. we, you know, I, I understand how that would throw you off oh, because yeah, everything like, needs to be kind of the way it was the day before. That's it. <laughs> that's what that, it is. We can't, you can't change the routine when you have a routine that you have to follow just to get just here. Just to get up and just out and where you need Which to be. Which was yesterday, let's face it. Yesterday was adversity for me. You you it, had a rough time I, because I was, you stayed up too late watching the Blackhawks. Well, I was playing hurt because of that, watching the Blackhawks the night before. And then I thought that I lost my wallet when I walked in here in the morning. That's pretty wild. And so I did not do that. But no, you had it, it just all takes the time. one move. That's all it takes. And the wallet could be wedged under the seat just so... And it can be torturing you the rest of the day. It's true. And it's it, true. When when you don't know quite where your wallet is, and you suspect it's so I left it in the car. No, I, I must have left it in the counter. You, you, that just there's nothing like that. Especially it's this just, early in the morning when you need yeah, every domino to fall in place. That's it. That's exactly. So right. anyway, we're okay yeah. today. Yeah. So you. So as much as I ruined your Blackhawks experience, yeah. um, I would say go home and watch it. Go home and watch rewatch it. It'll be. I think I will today. because what they accomplished was fun, and and Patrick Kane playing at as high of a level as he's playing is must must see TV. It really they, is. They made a trade yesterday. Yes, and I was confounded by it because it was it was for future consideration. So apparently, they ate a contract, and by virtue of doing that, got a second and a fourth. They got a second and a fourth, a second in 2023, a fourth in 2026 for Nikita Zaitsev. He comes to Chicago because they're essentially taking his contract from Ottawa. The Hawks have to make sure that they're at a floor. Yeah. And they're taking on – he's a 32-year-old defenseman, may play the rest of the season, but it was more about the future considerations and clearing space for Ottawa. Okay. which may make another move. That, to me, wasn't the biggest Hawks news of the night. I think the conversations continue rumors about Patrick Kane, especially because he's got seven goals in his last four games. Right. He now, according to ESPN, wants to still be with the, with the Rangers, wants oh, to really? join the Rangers. Wow. And if that is the only team he's willing to go to, not saying that, then they're going to have to work something out. It's going to have to be a third team involved. But other teams are still... Can- in can, the mix. Can they, and I don't, I apologize for not knowing the NHL salary cap rules and the way that I would in the NFL, but can they eat some of his contract? The Hawks can absorb and pay some of Patrick Kane's contract and still trade him. Well, then, they, then he could trade him anywhere. They could still work it out. So there's trying to be a third team involved. It is complicated more so, I what, think, with the what, NHL. What do the Rangers have? The I Rangers mean, don't have a lot of space left, so they're trying to get a third team involved. Wise, do they have? Oh, no. See, that's the problem. Because they gave them all for Tarasenko. Right. Tarasenko, they used up all their draft capital, so they wouldn't have as much. So the motivation isn't as high for the Hawks right now because mm-hmm. of all the picks they, frankly, have accumulated. So now, are you getting rid of Patrick Kane? Are you getting a first-rounder back? If you're not, is it worth it?
Right. No, it's not worth Well, it. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on it depends on a lot of things. Kyle Davidson now has nine picks in the first two rounds wow. over the next two drafts. That's pretty good. Four firsts and five seconds. That's, that's pretty good. That's how you rebuild. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's pretty good. The suspense is still there for Patrick Kane, uh, but he is out to apparently prove that he's still playing at an elite level. Not a good level, not a high level. What he's doing is elite. That's why you got to move him. I mean, I hate saying that, but that, you know, if he's going to keep scoring goals and you're going to keep winning games, you're not going to get Connor Bedard. Well, the Tankathon standings, you know, I love those. The Hawks now are in third, uh, four points behind or ahead, however you want to look at it, the two teams in front of them, Anaheim and Columbus. 11.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. The Bulls have a 7.5% chance, so you can see everything that we've been through with the Hawks. They have not increased their chances in the Bedard Derby, and so they're losing every day. And by the way, you mentioned Connor Bedard? Yes. 62 points in his last 20 games. And he's 19? Yeah, I think he's still a teenager. Yeah, just saying. That's pretty pretty tremendous. He might be 15. How old is he? It's like (laughs) shocking how young he is. He's, is he, he's young enough and he good enough. How old is Connor Bedard? To want to, Does I anyone have the Twitter machine available to them? I was trying to find out Connor Bedard. He is uh, definitely. He's very young. He's like a year younger than he should be when he was playing with the under-19s, right? Well, he's also a guy that if he was born in 2005. 17 July, years old. He's 17 years old. Get out. He'll be 18 in July. Nonetheless, 17, because that was the thing I read about his performance at the juniors. Yeah. He had, like, basically put on a show that hadn't been seen since whomever, and uh, but he's only 17, not 19. Yeah. We think Kaner is on fire. Kaner had two goals wow. and an assist again, 10 in the last seven – or yeah, 10 points in his last four games. Connor Bedard had a six-point night last night. And he's a pretty big dude, right? He's not, like, a tiny guy. He's not slight, no. He's like 6'1". I'm just saying. For no, me, he's 5'10", 185. Oh, but so he's a, compact. That's a solid 185, isn't it? He is. If, um, let's say, uh, Bryce Young shows up at the uh, Combine at 5'10", 185, is he the number one overall pick? Dare I say, I would rather have Connor Bedard in Chicago than Bryce Young. <laughs> I think that's a fair statement. Without a doubt. Yeah, that's, that's Without fair. Without a doubt. That's fair. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the, uh, the Bears are on the clock. This is my favorite thing that Dustin does on our rundown. He gives us a rundown when we come in in the morning. And every time, every day, he has the Bears are on the clock. It, that that is the that is the constant update of where the Bears are at, which I appreciate well, you know, because it, the it, Bears are on the clock. They're on the clock. That's not false. No, and you it's know what? great. It's a mammoth opportunity. It is mammoth. I agree. I just. Yep, you can't overlook that. It's also that a good Scrabble word. It's David? also <laughs> it's also must win, and it's also uh, statement. We'll see. It, statement it, it, now, draft. if we want to go down that path with that game tonight, okay, okay. And David and I had a little disagreement earlier in the week about hard that. to believe, shocking, right? I think this is a statement game for the Cats, and I think it's a must win for the Illini. For the Illini, interesting. I, I think that's a really good way to put it. But I also think that underscores what my point was, is that it means a lot more to Illinois, who has a lot more to prove than Northwestern. Because if it's must-win for Illinois, they've got a lot more to gain from winning and lose from losing. 
Well, I, I'm the last one that should be questioning the use of the wor- words, especially with you know two guys who have had really great career. But pr- when you say prove, David, Past again, tense. prove, <laughs> prove means pr- no present tense. Okay. You you still write? Okay. I'm sure Molly writes. We just don't get to read it. No, not you. I'll send you my manuscript. Thank you. <laughs> but I do think that the cats Mike have Mulligan, more. I, unpublished author. I think the cats have more to prove, actually, than the Illini have I agree with do. that. Well, no, 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 no. I don't agree with that. I, I agree that they have a lot to prove, but not more than Illinois. Uh, Northwestern has seven quad one wins, right? I mean, that's more than enough. But now they're pictures. ranked. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, I listen, see. So this gonna, is their first entree into the rankings. Right, like at to be yeah. like be considered. You know, yeah. the other the other day we were talking about okay, what kind of a seeding could we expect right. for Northwestern? Right. right, they're gonna get in. They're yes. they're in the tournament based on what you just said about the seven. Yes. So seven, but you know now what? And, and they got a lot of those wins in Evanston. Now they're on the road. Mm-hmm. That's become a really difficult place to play. Yeah. Yeah. They they had an unbelievable week there, no question about it, and uh, and that that got them in into the uh, into the conversation. But they've had a really good year, and it was it was just a slow moving kind of uh, college basketball caught up to them a little bit. They probably should be ranked higher as the number two team in the uh, Big Ten, but we'll see we'll see how it goes. And and I agree with you that Illinois needs this game because Illinois. You know what's extraordinary is, like, you look at Illinois and they've got the three transfers, their three leading scorers. Um, the, I think they had been picked with the second-best transfer class. You know, they had done the second-best yeah. job. And and they probably have gotten the best. If you look at some of these uh, teams that have had guys transfer in, I believe the number four-rated class, for instance, was Georgetown. Have you seen what Georgetown's done this year? They're, they basically are costing Patrick Ewing his They're future. trying to figure out a way out they're to – trying to get him fired. Uh, uh, get a, How do you fire a legend? Yeah, it's very difficult. That's what they're asking in Georgetown. Yeah, that's right. But Tough. They probably have to, right? They have a, They've got to. Yeah, it's it's rough. But they they that's after having the, the ranked four class of transfers. And I don't know their NIL situation, but you would think that they've got some uh, – some weighty uh, alums that could uh, help some kids, right? Coming out of Georgetown, maybe they take them all on a ski trip. Um, what do you do when you're at Georgetown? You just go anywhere you want in the world. Uh, but anyway, so that it's it's really interesting to see these teams and how college basketball is unfolding in front of our eyes. Um, you know, you want to talk about underachievers? North Carolina ended up beating Notre Dame, and that is North Carolina is. I believe they're the first number one overall uh, team that is now probably not going to make the tournament. Unlikely they do unless they play their way in. Preseason during, number yeah, one. Yeah, unless yeah. they have to win that tournament. To and, the yeah. conference tournament, that's unlikely. Hard to believe they're that Hard bad. to believe Given they've the talent fallen. level and That where far, they that were, fast? Yeah, that's a, That's a team full of future NBA players. I, it's just shocking. I mean, it, it really is a shocker. Uh, White Sox camp, we talked a little bit about – uh, Tim Anderson talked to Chuck Garfine on the White Sox Talk podcast, and there was a, a lot of uh, meat on that bone, and uh, and we'll pick that apart, starting with the pick six. Interesting stuff there. Chuck, uh, who who tweeted out the key moment in the interview, 
then got peeved that it was used for sports radio. Yeah, the, well, the entire interview and conversation, I know we'll get into it, Yeah, but was was very complete and thorough and a good back and forth between two guys who clearly are comfortable with each other yes. and know each other over the years, and their their roles have maybe evolved in different ways. But one snippet of that conversation drew a lot of attention, yes. understandably so. Exactly. Played on Sports Talk Radio all day long. That's what we do. Thank on you. Wednesday, and that is what you are should expect as being a veteran in the market, Chuck. Love you, but come on. Well, he tweeted that out because he wanted you. It was a teaser to go to the podcast to listen to the podcast. But but like when when I when I heard that cut between the two of them, that's where I heard it on Twitter because I was following Chuck and he tweeted it out. And then when everybody react reacted to it, Chuck was like, "Well, it, there's more to it than just that." Unfortunately, that's what you released as your teaser. Here's my trailer. Right. Be enticed by the trailer, but don't overreact to the trailer. Watch the movie. Yes. But I, I think. You know, do, do you believe in this one? And I don't know if it's true or not, but when you see a trailer that is genuinely funny, the movie usually stinks. That usually it's is like a the tried best, and true rule. The best jokes are in the trailer. Yeah. And, um, and I, saw, um, I saw a trailer yesterday for a movie with um, Sebastian Manicosco. Is that the guy's name? He's a local guy. He's a comedian. He's super funny. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm really amused by him. Uh, but the trailer was so good. I, I was going to actually send it to some mutual friends, some people I know who know him. And then I thought, well, maybe it's a bad movie. <laughs> like, I mean, the trailer was so good, it must be bad. De Niro's in it. So that's a very serious act. <laughs> Well, that is very much the case when you see good, good trailers and yes. funny stuff. Well, you think that might be all they've got. But right. So I, I have exceptions to every rule. But the point is yeah, that. I haven't gotten to the podcast it, itself. I haven't heard the whole thing. But I did hear the snippet that was sent If, if by this Chuck. was indeed out of context, yes. as Chuck suggested, yeah. I just think it bears remembering that he provided that context. Yeah. That's he a, put it out there. That's, that's what's strange. And, uh, and Aloy, we heard from Aloy. I, we, we'll get into that. Um, Christopher Morrell. I mean, I, you know what's interesting is without saying it, I heard David Ross basically talk about him as a Benzobrist, but he he was wise enough not to call him Benzobrist. He didn't call him the Z position or anything yeah. like that. So my yeah. question would be, mm-hmm. who is more Benzobrist? Is it? Romy Gonzalez, who's been called Ben Zobrist, or Christopher Morell, who hasn't been called Ben Zobrist, but would have a Ben Zobrist. Well, role. which guy had the better 2022? Christopher yes. Morell earned the right to ask that question. Okay. Romy Gonzalez is right now more curiosity than anything. Okay. But I love Romy. I, mean, I do too. I, I, he's one of those stories. You've always liked that story. You you yeah. would be all over that story I, if I, you spent more than five minutes on it. If you would look beyond <laughs> Chuck's tweets about it and, and listen to all the information. If I would actually devote more time than just Twitter to following the White Sox, I'd really get into the Romy Gonzalez story. I would maybe even write it. It would be a mammoth chance to tell that story. Would you be interested in reading or writing a Ben Zobris story? Wouldn't you like to oh, yeah. catch up with him yeah. and find oh, yeah. out what's going on? I and, absolutely would love a couple of those to, chapters. Try to figure out how he feels about being this role model for various players that no one knows how to give him a position. The Ben Zobra story would be an outstanding All right. 
book, movie, yeah. magazine yeah. story, whatever the case may be. If he would open up, there would be a lot to oh boy. explore. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot, lot there. Yeah, I agree. All right, we've got the pick six. We're going to pick apart all the stories of the day. Warning, we're going to talk about uh, Tim Anderson and the pick six. So uh, I don't want to get in touch with anyone. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. What did you make of T.A., Tim Anderson, calling out Chuck Garfine? on the White Sox Talk podcast because he wasn't pulling on the same string. Anderson told Garfine. We on the same umbrella, I think. We should all be pulling from the same screen and not tearing each other down. Any idea what that means? I don't think he was saying string. I think he was saying screen. You're right, screen. I tried to yeah, I tried to I, help I, him out there. It's I my know, fault. but I think he's I think that's a social media that I think he's talking about the screen that he's looking at comments from people. I think he's, I, you know, I don't think he's singling out Chuck. I think that he got hurt last year and he had a bad season and, you know, he had some messy stuff in his personal life and all of that was, he was probably attacked on social media over all that stuff. It's a guess. I think that's why he did say screen and not string, but I'm with you, Dustin. It was confounding. It was really hard to understand what his point was, I think he was saying that if you're a fan of the team, you should you should be with them through thick or thin. And I don't think that's a realistic way of uh, looking at it. I think that all of us are judged 
um, in the moment on, at, at that time. Not necessarily, you know, obviously you want to feel like you've done enough, like you got a couple goals in the back of the net and you're, uh, you're going to be allowed whatever error you make. Uh, but it, it's just sometimes not the case. You, you get attacked at, at all different levels. And, you know, I think he was talking. I don't, I don't think Chuck has been unfair to the White Sox, but I think anybody that watched last year couldn't help but feel like what a horrible underachieving group. What a bad season that was. And, and where were the championships promised after the years of horror as you waited for this group to arrive? So, I, you know, I totally understand um, why he would feel attacked if indeed he's getting criticized all over the place. But, you know, Chuck's not attacking him. And, and I don't think the media attacked him. In fact, I think that, that Tim Anderson, for the most part, has gotten kind of a, a lot of sympathy from people and has gotten a break for a lot of the stuff that's happened to him. You know, remember the year uh, he lost his uh, friend uh, down in Alabama and, you know, he went through a really tough time. And I think everyone was sympathetic to it. Um, I like Tim Anderson. He is the engine. He makes him go. I really hope that uh, that he understands that um, that people are just criticizing his play, and I hope he has a good year. Tim, do better. Real simple. Do better. Okay? You guys stunk last year. You underperformed last year. You disappointed your fans last year. I, right now, I think White Sox fans should be glass half full. Right now, they should. But, Tim... Go in the locker room, the dressing room, the clubhouse, the dugout, whatever you want to, okay, and get everybody on board. If you guys are sick of hearing it from the fans and the media, then do better. Because guys like Chuck Garfine, guys like Steve Stone, guys like Ozzie Guillen, all the way until, like, August, give them some more time. The boys are going to regroup. They're going to come back. And then all of them, it seemed like, at the same time, got together and said, you know what? Enough. We're putting our foot down and saying, you know, this has, you know, the kid glove stuff hasn't worked. The patent on the rear end hasn't worked. Now we got to put a boot in the backside. Okay. And they did do that on social media. And you know what, Tim, stop, you know, if screen, if screen is the word he wants to use and that's the right word instead of string screen, put the screen down, limit your screen time. Tim, limit your screen time on social media and focus on the task at hand, which is winning ball games at 35th and shields. I don't know what he meant necessarily. I do know this. Tim Anderson always has been popular and likable in Chicago because he was authentic. He was real. Now, now he sounds like a cliche. He sounds like every other pro athlete who makes these tired complaints about how the fans and media have turned against us. Please stop now. This is not an example of anybody turning against Tim Anderson or the White Sox. They stunk out loud last year. They deserved all the booing, all the scrutiny, all the criticism. This, this conversation with Chuck Garfine wasn't combative at all if you listen to all of it. It really wasn't. It was a listenable podcast, a good exchange. Both guys obviously are comfortable with each other. They know how to communicate with each other. But they also have to know this. You put that one clip out on social media, those are going to be the words that shape the perception of what happened. So have some perspective, Tim Anderson. He's actually fortunate to be in a market that's been pretty forgiving 
to him. He was hurt last year, 79 games, dealing with issues, as you point out, Mully. You're right. But for the most part, Tim Anderson in Chicago, the coverage has reflected and respected everything about his life. So if you want to talk about context, include that too. Don't talk to me about, about that day. You're a very good journalist. You're asking a lot of good questions. There's Chuck Garfine with Aloy Jimenez. How do you feel about Aloy saying he's down 25 to 30 pounds this year? Is weight loss always a good thing, even for a power hitter? How about Aloy saying he's quicker, can run faster, feels good? Everybody here knows that I don't like the age. Your thoughts? <laughs> I'm glad he included that because everybody does know that, and I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to go into this season with an open mind and Aloy. And I can hear and see Kevin from Palatine already cringing because, oh, my gosh, what a leap for David to make, giving Aloy the benefit of the doubt. I like this kid. I think he can still be a productive, very productive, all-star caliber power hitter for the White Sox. I don't like the fact that he resisted DH, and I think it's a mistake to put him out in right field more than you have to. He needs to accept that. But I love the idea that he spent the offseason committing to reshaping his body maybe being a little less injury prone. You know how you bounce back from these little aches and pains and pulls? You get in shape. He's in shape. I don't know if that will affect his power. I doubt that it will. His bat speed's going to be there. He's going to drive the ball. He's going to get on base. He's going to drive in runs. And he's going to be the guy who is smiling in the clubhouse. Goodness sakes, a smiling White Sox player. Let's embrace that. Well, Aloy and I finally have something in common because I was also able to drop 20 pounds that I didn't want thanks to uh, our friends at Soda Weight Loss. Sodaweightloss.com, state of the art. That's S-O-T-A. And Aloy said that he feels good. I feel good as well from doing that, from dropping pounds that I didn't need. Now, am I quicker? Am I faster? I mean, maybe you could put away the sundial when I run the 40-yard dash. Maybe you can do that now and actually use a stopwatch. But... I don't think it's going to have anything to do with his power, but I am sick of the everybody know I don't like to DH line. You know, be be happy you're a professional baseball player. Embrace it. Do you know how many people would love to be the DH of a major league baseball team? How many? I mean, so many people. So embrace that. And listen, if Pedro Grafol and Kenny Williams and Rick think that he needs to have his glove every once in a while, then so be it, okay? Because, you know, there's no clear-cut, obvious right fielder right now for the White Sox. This segment is brought to you by Finishing Chicago. All great finishes start with finishingchicago.com. I worry about this comment. I just worry about it. He's been saying this for a long time, and it's almost as if he's telling you, listen, I'm I DH'd last year, and it worked because I couldn't play in the outfield. But I'm not going to DH this year unless you let me play in the outfield, and maybe I'll DH a little bit. I mean, he, he – I, and I don't know. You know, we, we sit here and say, why doesn't someone just tell him, hey, you're a DH. Just, just DH. Don't worry about anything else. I think that's kind of like, you know, you're shattering his hopes and dreams a little bit, right? I, I mean, I, I get it. I think it's better – you're better off – letting him try and then see that others play it better. Simple as that. And so I'm not going to fight against it anymore. I'm going to say, okay, well, let's see if you can be better than this guy. Oh, no, Andrew's doing a better job. Oh, look at look at uh, Oscar's arm out in right field. You know, I, I think you're better off DHing. So maybe this is a process they have to go through 
in order to get him to cooperate. But it is definitely one of these stories that hasn't gone away and isn't going away anytime soon, and we're going to have to monitor it all damn year. Will you concede, though, that of all of the White Sox problems that have come up, yes, this now has gone down on the list of things to worry about? Um, so if you're asking me if domestic abuse, child abuse is worse than a guy that just well, wants the deal, well, of course it's not. That's at the top of the list, but there have been other things that have now cropped up where Aloy not being the guy that's embracing being the DH to me seems a lot more no, minor it, than it did it, a month it ago. It totally is. But my worry is that it impacts his ability to DH because it's in his hat. And I just don't want that to happen. It's fair. So let him go through the process. I, I'm just saying. It's fair. It's, you know, what, what, what do you use the analogy that if you're a manager, you're a fireman, you're running around and, oh, that's smoking over there. Let's put that one out. This is one that is way under the radar, as you say but one that needs to be snuffed. Great question. Christopher Morrell sounded eager to build off his breakthrough rookie season with the Cubs. What position do you predict Morrell will start the most games at by the end of the 2023 campaign? Yeah, um, you know, I think that Christopher Morrell is definitely a jack-of-all-trades type. And I think that, uh, that he did very well in the outfield. And I think he can play on the infield. I just wonder if if you want him doing all that at the major league level. So he's a young guy. You, you never want to take a guy and demote him because you don't have a spot for him. But, you know, if, if you're, you know, who is it? Somebody said to me that uh, Romy Gonzalez, if, if they're going to have him be Ben Zobrist, let him do it in Charlotte. And I laughed at that because it's kind of funny. But isn't that the same kind of thing with Christopher Morrell? He's a young guy who's finding his way because he was in the majors last year. We know he can play MLB. So where do you play him? I don't know that they have a, an obvious spot for him. I'm surprised that Nick Madrigal's trying to play third when you got Morrell, who's probably a better third baseman than him, right? So maybe that's the answer, that let him play a little bit at third. I just don't know. I think I think he's a valuable player, and he's a good fourth outfielder, but would you be better off using him in the minor leagues? So Aloy dropped 25 pounds, mm-hmm. and it looks like, if you paid attention to Cubs social media, that Morrell added 25 pounds. I mean, this guy has been pumping iron like crazy. Um, I expect to see him at third base more often than not yeah. because I don't, unless there's an, you know, we're not going to predict injuries here. And I don't think he's going to be playing second base. That, that That's Nico Horner. And Nico Horner, you know, plays a lot of games. Okay? He's not going to be playing the corner outfield spots because Ian Happ's got a lot to prove. And I'm hoping this year, Seiya Suzuki, who also is looking pretty buff, he's flexing his muscles in, on social media. He's going to be wanting to play out What's in right field the show? I don't know. often We're, than big not. Big appreciation of the Greek gods. So, Dustin, what about center? Well, you've got you've got your guy out there. I mean, Cody he, Bellinger, he's gonna, I know, yeah, but... I'm saying it. So I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, once a week, maybe once once a homestand, once a road trip, you know, Sunday lineups. I, I just don't. I mean, he's not going to be playing any first base. And Patrick Wisdom, I don't think Patrick Wisdom's going to get over at first. But they still do lack guys to put the ball out of the ballpark. So I think Patrick Wisdom will get the most reps at bats, if you will, as the DH. So Christopher Morrell started 50 games in center field last year. That was the most at any position. He started 21 
uh, at second base and 15 only at third base. I thought it was more. He played I shortstop. I would have flipped the two as far right. as second and second third. And third yeah. 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 Six times is shortstop. But look, Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner are going to be fighting for the Ironman trophy in the clubhouse. They're not going to be coming out of the lineup unless there's an injury. Christopher Morrell, to me, isn't going to play center if things go as well as the Cubs hope either because Cody Bellinger is going to bounce back. And there were three guys behind him. He's got, and he's, a, he's on a prove-it deal. I do think this, though. You do have a DH, and you do have third base. I want to believe in Patrick Wisdom, but I think the flexibility, versatility that Christopher Morrell offers, the speed on the bases, is something that is going to eventually keep him in the lineup. And the most likely spot to keep him in the lineup is third base. Patrick Wisdom has to come out of the gate fast. He cannot strike out as much as he did because Christopher Morrell is right there. I like this guy in the clubhouse. I like him in the lineup because of the versatility. So if I were to predict today what position he'll start the most at in 2023, it's third base. Will Will uh, Magical make the team? I think he will because they, they don't want Back up to. Backup infielder? They, he'll be a backup utility guy. I don't think they want to send him down. He's out of options, I yeah, think. He is. And at this yeah. point in the, of his career, they don't want to cut him either. So, yeah, but I, you need you need depth, and that don't, gives him some quality depth. Don't Morrell and um, Madrigal benefit from the new roles? I think so. No, Dustin, you look confused. Well, the, the new rules with the shift, um, that's what we're talking about? Well, yeah. I think the the new rules with the bases being larger and the uh, – Also, speed is going to be yeah, – Morrell, for sure, Needed a lot more. If we're talking about yeah, but Billy – I mean, I, 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 adding 25 pounds, I do, I do think that slows you down, depending on how you added it. I don't think it's going to slow him down. He's going to give – David, I don't think he's going to not give what he gave. I'm just saying maybe yeah. it slows him down. I, I think you need base stealers, and these guys are fast. And so if, if we're talking about Billy Hamilton making the White Sox because of speed, I think we can talk about Christopher Morrell making the Cubs because of that too. You know, to answer your question. The Bulls have 23 games remaining. Patrick Beverly era, if you will. How many of those games you predict the Bulls win? How many minutes per game will Beverly average? <laughs> This is fun because of how he treated yesterday, and uh, we'll listen to some of the audio later. You don't know what to expect from him because he doesn't know what to expect. He's never played in his hometown. I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. And, frankly, I love the fact that Zach Levine was as welcoming and reminding people, hey, I've wanted him to be on this team because I hate playing against him. So this could be a fun 23-game experiment, and it remains an experiment. But the Bulls have a sense of urgency that maybe they shouldn't need to bring Patrick Beverly to announce or declare, but it's there, and they acknowledge it. So over the final 23 games, I think they're going to be above 500. I think they'll say conservatively 13 and 10. And will that be good enough to get in the play-in? Maybe. They have to make up some ground. Maybe. Maybe they're better than that, but I don't think this Bulls team has earned the benefit of the doubt, and it might be too little too late with P-Bev, but I do like the fact that he's here. Well, I think the 13 and 10, David, I think that's about right, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't know if 13 and 10 gets you in the playoff game. I mean, you'd really have to break everybody's record down to figure that out, but that they're like a they're a, they're a 500-ish type team. Now, I wanted to be cute and say that he's going to get 23 minutes on average a game, but if you brought him in, which you have brought him in to do something, which is to energize this team, I don't He's got to be 30. He's got to play 30 minutes a night, or, or else what's the point? Kind of going back to what Kendall Gill said. This is, you know, un, you know who's going to lose minutes? Io DeSumo. 
he's he's going to lose minutes. Dalen Terry, he's going to be back in the G League. Yeah. You're going to go out to Hoffman Estates if you want. I mean, right. if that was the point. Otherwise, what was the point of bringing Pat Beverly in? So I think they need to win at least 15 games in order to get that last spot. So I think 15, I think, is the magic number. And I don't opinion. think I answered the question fully. 25 minutes per game would be what I would expect from Beverly. So so I think they're on a six-game losing streak, if I'm not they mistaken. Are. Yeah. If you erase the six games from their record, they're one game under 500 before this horrible six-game losing streak. So, you know, I am very tempted to say they'll go 11-12 and 12 over the final 23 but just because I'm an optimist, I'll go 12 and 11. See? And I'll say they're See? one game over 500. That, but See what February is doing to you? But that, that is a stretch for me. Given but do the you way guys, you guys both with those you know, similar records, do you, think, do you guys think that's enough? No. I don't know that it's enough. I, I, mean, I really don't. It I'm might not be sure enough for the play-in. It might be enough for the last that, spot that, in the play-in. That's the tenth spot, perhaps. Yeah. I don't want. I haven't studied I, yeah, the other schedules I, I don't to know. that degree. But but when we go back and look at it, we're going to say that six-game stretch destroyed their season. I, I don't think there's any uh, doubt about you're that. You're exactly right there, and I do think they have much higher expectations. They think probably 15 and 10 or better, yeah, or 13 I, and 10 or better. I, and I, I I mean, you just ask me what I think, and I'm giving you my number, which would be 12. I I hope it's better than that. I also think I'm giving him 20 minutes. I don't know that he has um, – I don't know how he's going to fit into what they want to do. So I think it's – you know, Io's going to lose some minutes. I hear what you're saying. But not at point guard because this guy's not going to play point guard. I think Patrick Beverly is, is kind of – he's kind of a, a an off guard, and I think that he's going to play more minutes – Maybe Kobe Bryant or Kobe Bryant, Kobe uh, 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 White loses some minutes and has to play a little bit of point or something. I just think that it's going to be a lot of guys, but I don't think I think he's going to be this bundle of energy that's going to ignite them a little bit, and maybe you put him in when they start falling apart. But I don't think they're going. I, I is he starting? Did Billy say he's? He starting? didn't say that yet, but I would be surprised yeah. if he doesn't. Right. I don't know. I think he's not starting. I think he's going to come in as this okay. kind of ball of energy. I, but I don't know. And I think they're not going to start, start him, him on game one. They're going to move him into I'd start the, him. Maybe he eventually does. But I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they start him. Can you believe this? Pick six. Are you looking forward to seeing Northwestern at Illinois tonight in college basketball? Do the Illini have the most impactful transfer class in the country, led by Terrence Shannon, Matthew Mayer, and uh, Dane Dijon. Sorry, I don't know how to say his name exactly. Their top three leading scorers. You know, I, I think that um, the impact of the transfer class has been pretty poor around college basketball. I think teams that have relied on multiple players have had a hard time incorporating them quickly. So, you know, Terrence Shannon... Uh, I got a lot of time for that kid. He was a great player in the Chicago area. And then he went, where did he go? New Mexico or New Mexico State? He was out uh, west somewhere. And then uh, Mayer and uh, Danger are both from, um, I believe, Baylor. So those are, you know, pretty decent programs where you're getting some players. And um, it's interesting that they've managed to kind of rebound from losing as many big-time players as they did. Um, But... I think that this is going to be a really good game. And Northwestern's got some help, too. So I, I like the way the Cats are playing right now. They just beat 
Illinois by 15 in Evanston. As you say, tough place to play. I, I kind of agree with Dustin. I think this is a big game for Illinois. I think that Illinois has more to lose than Northwestern, if that makes any sense. I think they might be a little bit more desperate, and I think Illinois might win this game. All right, so Dane Deja, I just uh, looked back. I should have done that before. Listen, all, all three of those guys need to have a good game. You know, Matthew Mayer, I think, is the guy because he can shoot it from outside. I think he's the guy that could really, you know, ruin things for Northwestern tonight. I'm just going to stick by what I've been saying all night. This is a mammoth game, and if you're a fan of sports, there's nothing else local. To, you know, watch that game. This is going to you know, get into college basketball and watch this game tonight because the, the hope is is that – they both get into the tournament. That, that's the hope because I think that will make everybody around here more interested. To remove those doubts, Illinois has to win tonight. I think if they lose tonight, you start to wonder about their viability and what other teams on the bubble might jump ahead of them. I don't know if that's realistic, but if they lose tonight, you wonder about how much more they're going to lose in the final week or so and then going into the Big Ten tournament. So there are no guarantees if you're Brad Underwood, and he knows that, and I think that he'll get that that out of his team, the urgency that they'll play with will be reflected by his mood on the bench, which will be bad. He will be in a bad mood. He will scream, and he will match Chris Collins for every possession. This is going to be a tough night to be an official in Champaign because you're going to hear it from both coaches. My goodness sakes, these guys are active, and their teams reflect that. Boo Booey and Chase Adij are the backcourt for Northwestern, that is why they are where they are, and I think that is what will carry the Wildcats tonight on the road in Champaign. Go Cats! It's a good question. Yeah. After the Blackhawks' oh fourth straight God, win and Patrick Kane's third straight game with oh at least God. two goals, is Kane playing so well that he must be traded or having so much fun that he's going <laughs> to want to stay? Meow. <laughs> I love this Kane hell? story. I love this Blackhawks run, even though they might be destroying any chance to get Connor Bedard. I'm caught up in it because it's Kaner looking like vintage 2015. It's Kaner looking like it's 2010 all over again. It's Patrick Kane scoring 10.7 goals in the last four games. He looks rejuvenated, like he's trying to prove a point. The Blackhawks have more multi-goal comebacks than any time in their history. What's going on here? I think Luke Richardson is a pretty good coach. Patrick Kane is an elite player. This is a reminder. If, he's, if it's New York Rangers or bust, I don't know that this is going to happen. It's going to be very tricky for the Rangers to fit this under the cap. A third team will have to get involved. I still think that if you're Patrick Kane, despite everything that's just happened, if you're still unsure about whether or not you want to leave, I don't know that you're leaning toward leaving. So until that changes, that's this uncertainty is understandable, but it also is telling. But, David, it's not only about – whether he wants to leave this year. Does he want to stay for years to come? That, that's the question. Because if he doesn't, and you, the Blackhawks, know that, you need to help push him out the door. You, you, you know, you can't let him just go away for absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that, Dustin. And um, I think they're going to try to make a trade. I don't know if I would trade him for less than value, though. I mean, I just don't know how good. I mean, when you say you got to get something for him, if you, if he wants to go to the Rangers and the Rangers are like, oh, we'll give you a third round pick, do you really make no, that deal? No, I, I, I'm saying I, I'm not sure I would do that. In fact, I I think I might actually think about taking all your draft capital 
uh, adding to your team and leaving Patrick, you know, get, getting him an extension and, and making him a part of it because he's not, he's, he's not getting worse. He's not trailing off. He's getting better, and you could probably win faster if you kept him and brought in more people around him. I, I know what they're going to do. They're going to trade anything that's not moving because it's all about the future and they want to start building for the future. I just be careful with that, you know. But are you are you would you be closer right now if you had Doc and you had um, you know uh, who the was brinket. the little the brinket the cat meow. See you got me doing it. Wouldn't you be closer to being good? It's a great at this point. point? And, and, and you're I also going to you'd be able to pay Kane. Well, there you go. Because you need to get to the floor. You you have all kinds of space. Yeah. So you would be able to to pay him. More than anybody else. They're probably going to trade him. They're probably going to do it. I'm just saying this would give me pause. Me too. All right. 312-644-6767. The extra point is next. It's Molly and Hawn to score. Yeah. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Molly and Haw on 670 The Score. How much do you agree with this take by FS1's Carmen Vitale regarding the Bears keeping Justin Fields and part about Ryan Poles putting up a smokescreen and manipulating the rumor mill. I think most of this is a smokescreen by Ryan Poles. Mm. I think he's very, uh, I mean, this is, it, it may be, you know, his first GM job, but he came from Kansas City. This is nothing new to him. He's manipulating that rumor mill as much as possible because if you think that you, you're already going to get a haul for the number one overall pick, right? If now teams think that they have to persuade the Bears not to take Bryce Young or whatever quarterback that they're in love with, that could drive the price up even more. Do you agree with that take? Well, I think there's two things here in play. Number one, I agree with the take that they're not trading the number one. uh, I'm sorry, that they're not trading Justin Fields. They're definitely going to trade the number one pick, and they're going to have an auction to the highest bidder, and I would be surprised if they go any lower than fourth. I definitely agree with the idea of not trading Justin Fields, an idea that we saw guys like Lewis Riddick come out yesterday on ESPN and, and lash out against. So that is one element of this. The other one I don't necessarily agree with at all. I think when you're talking about putting up a smoke screen and manipulating the rumor mill, I think that gives Ryan Poles way too much credit. I don't think he's that busy whispering into the ears of reporters or sending messages through his intermediaries or staff or whatever the case may be. I think it's less of a product of Ryan Poles manipulating anything and more a product of the need for programming. And there's there's a national media reality that when the team has a number one overall pick and they've got a quarterback like Justin Fields, hey, let's, let's pit this debate, one or the other, either or. It's the world we live in. So it's more of a product of, of programming and the, the calendar than it is Ryan Poles manipulating anything. I agree with the take 100%. I believe it's a smokescreen. I believe it's manipulating the rumor mill, and I'm – Okay with it. Ryan Poles, you be you. <laughs> oh boy. Let's not let's not bring that back. Um, I honestly think we talked about this yesterday and said basically the same thing. I, I don't think um I don't think this is groundbreaking stuff. I think that it's just obvious that this is uh you know, as we said yesterday, this is a point of the season where the Bears need to appear to have every option open. They need to appear to not just want one of those defensive guys or Jalen Carter, whatever. And we talked about the idea that they've got to trade down. They've got to get more capital. 
because they have value in that first pick and they need to use the value of it. They've got a quarterback. They need a lot and they need multiple draft picks out of that. So I, I, you know, we talked yesterday about the idea of trading even farther down, you know, as much as you want one of those great defensive players, as much as you think Jalen Carter could be a great fit in what you want to do defensively. He's not the only guy. And there are multiple players out there if you know what you're doing, and you could probably get a lot of ammunition depending on how far down you're willing to trade. It's That's just the reality of it. And, and if you want to be uh, Miami, then you can always trade back up and, and get somebody that, that could fall to you. The reality is don't fall in love with anyone when you're when you're thinking about moving. That's just the reality. Do you actively think, though, or do you think that he is actively manipulating the rumor mill? I think that gives him way too much credit. I don't think he's doing that. Or blame, however you want to parse it and however you want to interpret it. But I don't think he's sitting there wondering how he can create this scenario, this false narrative that doesn't exist. I just think he's got too many other things to worry about. and, And this isn't something that he spends a lot of time on. David, as you well know, the reality of a draft season is that you have to keep your own counsel. Everybody you let into your thinking has 15 guys they talk to on a regular basis, and there's the possibility of somebody blurting out some non-information. There's just anything you say will be repeated, even if you're saying it to your closest lieutenant. You've got to be super careful about how you keep your own counsel. The reason that no one knows what Bill Belichick is thinking is because he doesn't discuss this stuff with See, a now lot maybe of that's that's part of why we're jumping to some of these conclusions because Ryan Poles isn't actively saying or doing anything. Yeah. Maybe he's not whispering into anybody's that's ear. That's good. And so that's recommended and I think encouraged and, and preferred than somebody who might be trying to shape this false narrative and and playing games, and I, I don't think that's his style. I hope not. I hope not, too. Because people see through that. It's like bluffing at a poker table, right? You, you don't want to be obvious if you're bluffing. You want to just kind of hide your hand and make sure I, nobody understands what, you're, what you have or what you're doing. That's true. Let uh, to, me, to me, though, it is obvious that if he were to trade Justin Fields before this draft, that would create, create so much doubt about his credibility more than it exists right now, to me. That's just my opinion. I think the only justification, justification, would be if you you concluded that you were not going to be able to compete before his rookie deal expired, and if you decided that you were going to go get your own guy because you are you and I want me a mini Mahomes, uh, if you did something like that Mm -hmm. and then you – then you would have to admit, yeah, we're restarting the whole engine. We're not going to compete with this coach, probably my second coach, because this is going to take five years. That that would be the only way to justify making a move like that. The only way. And that would say more about you, the executive, than Justin Fields, the quarterback. Right. I'm going to need more time. Right. And I don't right. think that anybody wants to concede that entering his second year on the job. No, I, I, I really don't think he has much option, even if he wanted to. If, it, if, if When he took the job, he wanted to get past Justin Fields. I don't think he can now. I don't think he can now either. Yeah. If you're going to shift gears and go in a different direction, last offseason would have been the time to do that immediately. 
312-644-6767. It's Molly and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Is there something about Justin Fields that I don't know? Is there something about Justin Fields that the people who have kind of taken this whole thing and just kind of turbocharged it? it? That they know that I don't know about Justin Fields, that people are saying, you know what, we need to move on from him because he's never going to realize his potential, and Bryce Young is the answer. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. I don't know who said it there, but Chicago loves him is a point to remember. Um, I, I think that would be a wildly unpopular thing to do to trade Justin Fields. And I think – I'm not saying that that influences every decision you make, but, you know, you could argue – that when uh, when Ryan Poles got here, he put together a team that would challenge Justin uh, Fields to be a really better player than he's been because otherwise they're not going to get anything done. And Justin Fields had, considering they lost 14 blanking games, he had a hell of a year. He had some really good moments in that season, and he made the Bears watchable. Now, can he turn into the passing quarterback that he believes he can be and that they hope he can be? That's going to be a question you're going to have to deal with. But I, I don't know how you go beyond him. I don't know how you get past They've got him. so many other needs that starting with a quarterback would be kind of foolish if you were Ryan Poles. You don't have to create a question where one doesn't yeah. necessarily exist. We have questions about his development and sure. how good he's going to be, but you have other glaring holes on your roster in depth chart, beginning with the defensive line, which is why yesterday's mini headline – uh, out of Washington is very interesting. We talked about yep. the franchise tag. Deron Payne, according to the Athletic, will be tagged and stay in Washington with the Commanders. There goes your three technique yep. uh, interior rush up the middle. Now the Bears will have to, you know, just mark that name off the list and and go after other potential free agents and have a different priorities. But Deron Payne getting eliminated as an option is, uh, you know, that's one guy. That would have made an impact and, and had a breakthrough season that now you can't have. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. I mean, you you have until March 7th to tag someone on the franchise tag. But two different sources told The Athletic that uh, that they're planning on keeping him. I would I would doubt that's wrong if uh, if it's a guy who covers the team and he's got it a couple of different ways. So I, I, um, I'm with you. You just move on to the next one. But uh, – but, the, you know, hope not dead yet, I guess, is one way to put it. 312-644-6767. George is on the north side. Hey, George. Hey, guys. I appreciate the time today. I, I, there's an idea that, that I've been kicking around, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this. I think we've got an opportunity where Ryan Poles can actually draft the quarterback of choice, ideal scenario. Let's say C.J. Stroud is the, the third, fourth pick in the draft. Uh, Poles trades back, he picks Stroud, keeps Justin, and we find out if Justin Fields is the real deal next year with Stroud or or, or Levis or somebody like that, or Young as our as our um, insurance plan. So if Justin's a successful next year, then we're good to go. We can trade that that draft pick and uh, get our haul next year. And if if Justin isn't the answer, we've got our quarterback. And Will Levis or or C.J. Stroud or, or Bryce Young. Yeah, hey, I, I mean. Thanks for the phone call, George. Yeah. Appreciate it. I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, that's a terrible idea, in my opinion. I, I don't think that you invite another quarterback into the room where Justin Fields already is there. If you're going to draft that high, use it on a position that you actually don't have somebody 
who capably can fill it. You need so much else on this roster. The idea of having two quarterbacks in town and drafting a quarterback with that first-round pick, it just is a non-starter for me. Well, I, you know, I think if you're afraid that Justin Fields is not going to be the guy, then um, you are really kind of um, – it's incumbent upon you to maybe do make a trade. Then if, trade him. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if you are convinced that this is not the guy, then I don't know why you would want to add to it. I think I think the – you know, you've got a concept – if you want to – there are tons of veteran guys bouncing around. You know, um, Ryan Pohl's best bud from college might want to come here for a year at a reasonable price and quarterback them while they have a, a guy waiting in the wings. I'm not suggesting that. It sounds like the only way Matt Ryan would come to Chicago is if there were a broadcast position available. Yeah, that, that would make more sense. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I'm just saying, the, if you are convinced that this isn't the guy, then then go ahead, make your move. And let's see what happens. It is it is really a poor idea to have two young quarterbacks you're trying to develop at the same time. You're it, not going to develop either one of them. No, you're not adequately. You you've got two options here. Yeah. If you're Ryan Poles, yeah. If you're the Chicago Bears, you believe in Justin Fields and you trade the pick to accumulate assets, so you build a team around him to play complementary football. Whether you started the offense or defensive line, whatever the case may be, build from the ball on out. You believe in Justin Fields and you do that, or you don't believe in him and you trade him. But you, if you don't believe in him, you don't keep him and draft another guy to create this sort of wasted season and and full competition moving forward. You, you've got to be clearer than that. There can't be any ambiguity. So you, it's either or, nothing in the middle in this case. Yeah, I I think it's a I think that's a real hard one. Um, look at what's going on in San Francisco. Have you seen this? So Brock Purdy became their starter and got them. Uh, he he nearly became the first rookie to get to a uh, Super Bowl, but he didn't. He lost at Philadelphia because he injured his elbow, and he was supposed to have elbow surgery uh, yesterday. But apparently, the inflammation. Uh, there's enough inflammation in the joint that they do not want to do his uh, elbow surgery, so they've put it off, and now it's postponed for a couple of weeks, and you're looking at another couple weeks on the back end where he won't be available. They have one other quarterback under contract, and he is uh, Trey Lance, the third overall pick, who is coming off of uh, – not one, but I believe two ankle surgeries while he's been recovering from that. And you don't know if he's going to be up and running. And, uh, you know, it looks like Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, is not going to be ready to start the season. Who's going to be their starting quarterback? I don't know how they go into the season without going after a veteran, whether it's via trade yeah. or free agency. When you're when you're a quarterback away, you are as a they quarterback are. away from getting to the Super Bowl. That roster is not getting any worse; they're intact. Hmm. They still have McCaffrey coming back. They have all the weapon weaponries weapons in a positionless offense that has a very. They're going to lose Mike McGlinchey. He could be a Chicago yes. Bear potentially, but you know that they're going to probably find somebody else. So, yeah, that's going to be the other team, one other team that joins the quarterback derby because the news on Brock Purdy was bad yesterday. That's yeah, it was disappointing bad. for him. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough news for the Niners. I mean, and Tom's not available to go home for. Uh, at least year. they have a coach who is a stud and will find his way to the playoffs again. Yes.
He is a stud. Aaron Rodgers could end up there. You just don't know. Stranger things have happened. Well, he's from that area. Exactly. He might want to go back to his estranged family. <laughs> and they would move to Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm going, apparently they've all made up. I'm going back to not speak to my folks. All right. We've, <laughs> let's get into, uh, should we get into this, uh, this, what do you want to go? Well, I think next we need to hear from Pat Beverly. He spoke yesterday. Billy Donovan did as well. How does he fit into the Bulls' plans? What impact can he make in the 23-game chemistry experiment that remains? 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall on the score. He's a stud. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.